This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. Now, I warn you, I don't really have a like a plan. <laughs> we're just <laughs> we're just gonna chat. <laughs> I do. We're going to talk about stuff and see how many times Moon Show gets shouted out. <laughs> I do have a. Um, I do have a game for us to play. Wait a minute. Here, hey, buddy. Come here. <laughs> you already came in now, so come here. <laughs> hi, Jacob. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> Say hi. Are you having a good weekend? What'd you do this week? What'd you get to do this week with your with your class? Um, Where'd you go? Would you go to the you went to the what? Um, I went to uh, the splash pad. The splash pad. That's right. Oh, <laughs> my little girl loves splash pads. See, it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You gonna be shy now? Papa. <laughs> what, buddy? Why we see you? Why we see us? That's us. See, that's us right there. That's Scott. There's Scott right there. And that's Neek. And that's Rick. Is that, is that, is that you and me? That's, that's you and me right there. Okay, now you go back in yonder and go to bed, okay? Why did we, why did you, why, why did you, why did you, I just opened the door and I didn't come back in. Yeah, I know you opened the door. Now go back out the door. Go. <laughs> good night, what Jacob. Uh, Say good night. Okay, let go. What, bud? Because you. Good night, buddy. Go. Go. Hold on a second. Hey, Sherry. Get down with it. Well, I didn't know he wasn't going to leave. But now he's running from her. Hey. Out, buddy. Out. Out. <laughs> okay, close the door. Never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah, he's in this phase where his uh his mind's working faster than his mouth. So he uh I know that feeling. There's a whole lot of why did you why did you why did you why did you <laughs> before he can decide what he, where he wants to go with that sentence. Okay. favorite radio program attention whoever you are this channel is reserved for emergency calls only do i sound like i'm ordering a pizza hold on to your butt and here we go from the historic infinite potato studios this is cosmic potato the super fan talk podcast smoke and mirrors guys welcome to the movie factory hasta la vista baby Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. The monkey's my fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host... Sean Ray! Sean. Shawnee, you're feeling a little loose? 
Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean and sitting here with me at the virtual table, we have Rick. How's it going, sir? Nara. <laughs> Neek is with us as well. How are you? Wuncho. <laughs> and rounding out the panel is Scott. How's it going, sir? Recognizable quote. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, last week we didn't do a show. We just kind of got together and chatted, and I thought that that was really, really fun and really relaxing. So I thought we would do that this week and just but record it. And uh, so yeah, we can you share listeners it with you, everybody, listeners, you missed out last time. Yeah. we had a great time. I got super drunk, and you don't get to hear any of it. <laughs> we did not record any of it. That's right. Um, <laughs> So we're going to chat about, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we've been watching, uh, maybe some of the news stories that are, that's going around. And we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because we haven't gotten around to doing that yet. So, um, but before we do that, I wanted to play a little game. Um, A while back, we played a game called Movie Part 4, where I named a film series and I made you guys tell me what the fourth installment in that series was called. Tonight, we're going to play movie part five. So, I will call on each of you. I will call on each of you, and uh, I'll keep score here. And I will name a film series, and you have to tell me what the full title of the fifth installment in that series is. Okay? So, Rick, I was... Oh, here there is a, a catch in the rules... I count the entire, if there is a reboot, I count that as part of the series. So like if they had a part one, part two, part three, and then a reboot, the reboot is part four. So if there's anything beyond that, then that would be five. Um, Okay. So Rick, Mm -hmm. the fifth installment in the Lord of the Rings series. Okay. Oh, hell, it's the second Hobbit movie. Um, the desolation of Smaug. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. One point for Rick. I would have accepted Lord of the Rings: Return of the King because there was the original Rankin Bass uh, Hobbit, that is and true. then the animated, the old school animated Return of the King. That is true. If you had if you had said that, I probably <laughs> would have accepted it. But I will accept desolation of small. Um, Nick, Harry Potter. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's Harry Potter and the. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter and the Raging Shameless King Cash Grab. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Does anybody want to chime in? Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yep, that is correct. Okay. Scott, this one is yours. Mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious series. I knew you were going to do, you son <laughs> of a... Okay, let's see. Um, Fast Five. That is correct. 
it's fast five. When you had said we were that you had played um uh with the fourth installments. Yeah, we did I that was, one before. I was prepared for that. I said he's gonna ask about a Fast and the Furious, and that naming convention is just clown shoes. What's that one? And I narrowed down the fourth one, but I didn't think of the fifth one. That, yeah. Yeah, I do not get the title the, the titling with uh, the Fast and the Furious movies because you can name one and I could not tell you which one it is unless it's that one. I can tell you what the first one is, the fifth one, and the new one. The rest of them, I don't know. The Fast, the Fast and the Furious. Well, then you got Too Fast, Too Furious. That's obviously two. Then you got like Fast and Furious. Then, then it's Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, and then it's Fast and Furious, then Fast Five, Furious Six. Yeah, I'm blanking on the seventh one. Fate of the Furious. The Fate of the Furious. <laughs> I'm. Um, it, the ninth one, it, it might be like. It might be Fast Nine. I don't. I don't know the ninth one. Um, but then we know that Fast X. All right, Rick. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you that one because I know. You, I know you won't get that one. Uh, and also, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you that one because I know you will get that one. Uh, all right, uh, Dirty Harry. Oh <laughs> um, uh, hell! I don't know. I, I Deadpool. That is correct. Whoa! <laughs> it, it's it's the Deadpool. But the I Deadpool, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that was like the last Dirty Harry movie I ever saw. That may be the last one that they made. made. That one, that one was that one was in '88. Yeah, I honestly. It had one of the greatest car chase scenes ever with the little toy car. (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't know there were five of those. I I would have guessed the Deadpool because it's the last one that I can remember. I didn't know it was fifth. Jeez. I couldn't name all of them. I mean, I've 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 probably seen all of them, but not recently. Did they have names, or was it just Dirty Harry? Yeah, I don't think. No, no, they they. You know what? Let's look it up. Wasn't one of them make my day? No, I don't. I don't think you have Dirty Harry, mm-hmm. Magnum Force, right. right? The Enforcer, Sudden Impact, and the Deadpool. That's right. They did all have actual names. I, I should have. I should have remembered Sudden Impact. All right. But if they made those films now, they would all say they would all be Harry Potter. I'm Harry Potter. They would all be Dirty Dirty Harry Potter. And <laughs> sudden impact, that, or that's, in, that's in a impact. different film genre. Uh, because they did a they did a film series. Tom Selleck <laughs> did a film series where he played what was the name of that film series where he played a cop that was like it's up in the like in Maine or something like that. And there was a a series of them, but they were all like the name of that cop that he played, and then in. Blah, blah 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 blah, and they oh, were based on they were based, they were based on novels. Uh, yeah, that was the Jesse Stone series. There you go, Jesse yeah. Stone. That's right. So I only remember that from working at that audiobook store because I never Tom watched Selleck, any of the movies. Yeah, Tom Selleck is Jesse Stone in you know. All right, Neek, Resident Evil. <laughs> Resident Evil, even more residentially evil. <laughs> <laughs> Residential Evil is a different is a different movie. <laughs> Does anybody else know? Muskrat love. I'm I I want to say Resident Evil Apocalypse, but I know I get the titles mixed up a lot. No. 
No, this one is Resident Evil Retribution. Damn it. All right, Scott. I have them. I should know them. What a surprise. I have them. I just hit <laughs> 1,980 today. <laughs> All right. Um, Mission Impossible. Uh, that would be Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That is correct. Because I watched it last week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I started it, but I somehow started a rewatch of the Mission Impossible movie series backwards. Oh, really? <laughs> I started with Fallout, and then I was like, I want to watch Rogue Nation now. You know what? I can watch Ghost Protocol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mission Impossibler. I am I, excited I, for. I'm excited for the new one. I I saw the trailer like a week ago. I'm looking forward to the new one. Uh, I saw a uh, article that came out sometime this week that said that um, Tom Cruise regrets killing off uh, Emilio Estevez's character in the first movie because he didn't realize how big the series was going to become. And he wishes that he had to let his friend Emilio Mm -hmm. Estevez stick around and Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh partake in some of that but he killed him off in like the first 15 minutes of the first movie <laughs> yeah he, he did not last long <laughs> um okay rick mm-hmm. i'll throw you a softball what about the muppets the fifth muppet movie was was it muppets in space no i think you are i think you skipped the great muppet caper yeah the, I, I only the, really saw the muppet movie and in the fifth one was Muppet Treasure Island. I, I figured it was either Muppet Treasure Island or the Muppet Christmas Carol. And then I figured, well, I was probably wrong about all of that. So I <laughs> the Gonzo one. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do, I'll do uh, two more. Neek. Um, what about Terminator? Oh, finally a franchise I've actually seen. <laughs> But no, I don't even know, like, at this point, which actors are in that one. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Scott. Scott, what about you? Dark Fate. Terminator no. Dark Fate. Sorry. No. Terminator Genesis. Because you had Terminator 1, 2, and 3, and then you had Terminator Salvation, and then Terminator oh. Genesis was the fifth one. Salvation is the one that I forgot, probably yeah. because it deserves to be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh rick mm-hmm. well we started with you so we'll go around one more time rick okay. uh james bond <laughs> <laughs> um thunderball nope it is does anybody else want to try yeah it would just be as much of a shot in the dark as anything <laughs> yeah which you is what only that is. you only live twice <clears throat> uh was the fifth one that was Brosnan, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, this would have been Roger Moore. All right, yeah, no, it's Sean Connery, it was still Sean Connery, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, it was 1967, so yeah, that for the, the first decade, like they, they were churning them out pretty quick, <laughs> they started spacing them out when they got into well, the they 70s weren't, they weren't sweating writing too much, <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> Uh, and Nick. less less post production time for special effects. Yeah, Nick, I'm going to get you on the board with this one. Star Wars. Okay, like number five in terms of like air date. Yeah the or the no? fifth one the fifth one that came out. Yeah. Okay. I I really have no idea. <laughs> okay. Star Wars. Person, sorry. Rick. 
uh, it, it would have been uh, Attack of the Clones. Yes. Yes, because the, the original trilogy and then the prequels, the second one in the prequels would have been the fifth one that came out. If you don't count the Christmas special. If you don't I, count the Christmas special as a movie, which you could I argue absolutely that, was. <laughs> I absolutely was. <laughs> you could argue that, but... Um, okay. Scott. Hmm. No, I'm not going to do Rocky. That'd just be Rocky five. Um, okay. How about die hard? Uh, a good day to die hard. That is correct. That is correct. A bad movie for a good day to die hard. That is a terrible title. I don't know that I ever heard that one. Yeah, yeah. The four, the we had Die Hard and Die Hard Two. Die Hard, Die Hard Three was Die Hard with a Vengeance, and then the fourth one was Live Free or Die Hard, and then they had a Good Day to Die Hard. That was the last one. And then there's been talks. There's been talks of a reboot. There's been talks of a TV series prequel. Yeah, prequel. The reboot would have the reboot would have been a prequel, but that that's what they were talking about. Back when when he was still acting, the initial talk was to have Bruce Willis playing John McClane as a framing device for the movie, which would take place like well before uh, when he was still a, when he was still a, like a beat cop yeah. before he was even a detective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right, let's talk about um, Scott One. By the way. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about, uh, this what we shocked face, <laughs> what we've been watching recently. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out. There's a lot of TV shows recently that are being, uh, either canceled or their seasons are ending early because of the writer's strike. We could talk about some of that, uh, as we go. But as far as the things that we are watching that, um, Let's talk about that. Nick, what about you? What have you, what have you been watching recently? Um, there's a couple things that I've been watching that I would recommend. And the first one is what I call the nun show. So I think it's the real title is Mrs. Davis. Yep. Yeah. So, that one, so like it's a really bonkers show, or at least it starts out that way. Like it starts out being like, what is going on? This is crazy. But then they actually wrap it up in a way where it's completely coherent and it actually makes sense. And so I, w- I was quite impressed with that. What, the premise it, is also interesting. Yeah, I was about to say, well, if you could, if you could, if you could say the premise, I don't even so, know if I could put the premise together. <laughs> that's it. I wouldn't want to give anything away. So I would say it's it's about a nun who is very opposed to the. AI system that essentially runs the world. Mm. And yeah. she tries to take it down. I'd say that's what it's about. Yeah. And I've seen a couple episodes. I saw the first two episodes, I think. And uh, I like I like what I've seen so far. But I take S- it. Sister you, Sarah you Connor? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of comedy in it. I mean, there's a lot of comedy in it. So, uh I've never heard of it. This so yeah, what, what's, on, the, what's it on? It's on Peacock. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, okay. What? Anything else you've been watching? Yeah, there? another show that I've watched. It's um, an easy show to watch. Like it's it's a comedy. It's fun. It's oh god. Again, I never call shows by what they're actually called. <laughs> I think it's called like the Big Door Prize or something like that. 
the big door prize is it is it like a game show no it's it's um sort of a sitcom it's it's about okay it's about a small town and then all of a sudden one day a sort of arcade machine just pops up in the town and it tells like basically you just like punch into it and it gives you a little card and the card tells you your life's potential and it's about how everyone in this town receiving their life's potential throws the town into chaos. And so yeah, that's what, that's what it's called. It's the big door prize. It's on Apple plus. That sounds vaguely familiar. I, I, yeah. I, I hadn't heard the name, but when you, when you described the premise, I, I think I did hear yeah. something about that. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. It's fun. Okay. Hmm. All right. Um, Scott, what about you? What you been watching? Uh, well, as with is it, so it seems like most people, uh, in the modern culture, I was watching the Mandalorian third season as it was coming out. Um, we discussed star Trek on that star Trek podcast. I have been keeping up with, um, Superman and Lois on the CW. I might be a week or two behind on that. Um, I, I think that this third season is actually pretty strong. There's not a whole lot of like, it seems like there are less superheroes going on in this season versus the previous two seasons. But, uh, the, there's essentially like, excuse me, one main plot line where they are, uh, trying to dig up dirt on a, uh, criminal figure in Metropolis, but the, the second plot that is, it's not a subplot. It's really a parallel plot that's carrying through this entire season is, uh, Lois, has been diagnosed with stage three or stage four inflammatory breast cancer. And they are not messing around with this storyline. They're, they're making it serious. They're making it. Yeah. (laughs) Zena is touched by it as well. Um, They're, they're making, they're making that storyline real. It, it has real stakes. They're finding what I think is a clever way uh, to show Superman more scared than a lot of people have seen him in most uh, Superman media. Uh, and the performances are, are really knocking it out They're I think they're doing a fine job. Um, not every aspect is, uh, is great, but for the most part, this is a really solid season. And for the comic geeks out there who would find this interesting, um, they included in the first half of the season, the supervillain character onomatopoeia created by Kevin Smith for his run on green arrow. And in the comics onomatopoeia became, I think a Titans or a teen Titans villain. And I think showed up in Kevin Smith's one of Kevin Smith's Batman stories as well. The widening giant. I think it was the widening giant. Yeah. 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 It was. Um, and Kevin Smith had no idea this was happening until he watched the season premiere. (laughs) <laughs> that's about let's right hear, that's what that's what they do <laughs> let, let's hear it for the big comic book companies making sure that their creators are getting properly compensated that's he why there's a strike going on right now he didn't realize that his character is being used until he saw it on screen um aside from Lo- superman and lois uh i watched the entire first season of night court and moving on the new um, night court <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, okay. 
I, yeah, let's, I, let's, let's, I let's binged, talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about I, it a little I bit. I binged because... the entire original series over the course of like a month because they're half-hour episodes. They're really easy to knock out. I play it in the background. I get through, you know, a couple hours. Um, But the new one, I was watching it week by week, uh, and I watched the entire season. I'm not entirely sure why. But, uh, Sean, please weigh in. No, I'm, I'm just going to say, okay, so I've watched – I haven't watched the whole series. I've watched – most of it. I did watch the finale, the season finale. It's not a bad show, but it's not Night Court. Because the way Night Court was made, I'm not sure if it would really work today anyway. Because Night Court was just all out, just craziness. I mean, it was it was just everything about it, it was crazy. It, it was a cartoon. Like, yeah, like yeah. Six, 60% of the time, it was a cartoon, just a live action cartoon. Yeah, and, and the uh, rest of the stuff that they wouldn't be able to get away with today, I, you could say that for half of the sitcoms that were made back in the yeah back in yeah the 80s. yeah that's that's why most of the most of the shows that they're remaking now that you know, stuff that came out in the in the seventies and eighties and now they're remaking it the new stuff is not as good because they can't do some of the stuff that they could do back then they they get, they would get in trouble if Dan had said half the stuff that he said in the eighties show in this one. That that show would have been canceled after the first three episodes. <laughs> but uh, I I want to jump I want to jump in and say though that I regardless of the fact that I to to a degree I have to agree with Sean. I'm also not saying man it's too bad that we have to be so woke these days and we can't tell oh, no, no. color misogynist sexist jokes. We're we're not saying that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It, it, it's fine, and it's fine if the stuff that you're making is not quite as good as long as it is good night court is okay the new one is okay it's not something that i'm gonna go out of my way to watch you know i watch it when when i can't find anything else on and you know i'll, I'll flip it on and I'll, i did watch the finale i i, I laughed at the end of the finale mm. you, i mean the, the cameo you know what i'm talking yeah. about yep, sure but uh, but other than that you know it's i mean it's just a it's a modern sitcom and modern modern network sitcoms for the most part are not funny to me. The the funny sitcoms that, that come out now are usually like on FX or something like that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, that kind of stuff. But the the network sitcoms that they're making now, I don't I don't usually watch them. The only one that I really still watch is the is the Connors. I, I still find that show pretty funny. Well, like I, I said when we talked about the show when it first came on, my wife and I watched the first four or five what the we stopped watching and it wasn't on purpose uh it was just the last one we watched and then just never really thought about it again was i think the one where uh the bailiff whose name i can't remember now um was trying to get huh gergs right (laughs) uh was trying to help melissa rouch's character buy an apartment and they were being shady about her job because the guy selling the apartment or renting it didn't like judges or something. And it just, it, when the show started off there, it, it was, you know, it was very much a sitcom, but there were moments where they stepped away from the sitcominess and actually were, were touching or, or, you know, heartwarming or, or whatever. But then as the show went on, it became less of the, of the, the touching moments and more of just the stupid sitcom stuff. And then by that episode, it was just all just 
cheesy one-liners and laugh tracks and stuff and i just i just got bored and walked away i didn't didn't rage quit or anything just didn't bother to go back i kept waiting for brent spiner to show up and he never did which um um a friend of the show i I know rick i know you've talked to brock brock parker before yeah yeah he's got he's got a a podcast called uh, alabama geeks that he does with his wife and a couple of friends and they went to a convention that we had in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, a month or so ago. I didn't get to go, but Brent Spiner was there. Brent Spiner, Gates McFadden, John Delancey, they were all there. And um, and actually, he met Brent Spiner and Gates McFadden the day after the season three finale of Picard. So so that the finale had aired, you know, they were able to talk about it and stuff. And uh, did you guys ever see the YouTube series that Brent Spiner did that was I called tried. Uh, it was called from hell or what was it he, called? He, he from he, hell or he something was, like that. He was playing a version of himself who was trying yeah. to help a porn Fresh actress. Hell, that's the name of it. Fresh yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. Was he, was, he was playing a version of himself that he, uh, that had done something that had caused himself to get canceled. And this was before, like canceling was a term that people use all the time. I mean, it, it, but it was that is that's what happened, but they never actually say in the series what it is that he did. They just keep referring to it as the incident, you know? So Brock uh, went up to Brent Spiner and asked him, he's like, can you just tell me what was the incident? You know, And he said, Oh no, no, I can't, I can't tell you because now that I've done Picard season three and, and I got, and, and I've got uh freaks and, Burton and everybody, we're gonna try and do season three of uh, Fresh Hells. <laughs> so I can't let anybody know what the incident is because we're gonna do another another season yeah. of that show. I, th- I, tr- I tried to watch. You know, th- there there was a, a brief time where several stars were trying to do web series, mm-hmm. um, and some of them were fun. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, Dr. Horrible was one of the you know greatest things ever done in my opinion. Dr. Horrible sing along blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but then, you know, and and the guild uh was Well that fantastic. was the thing before uh before streaming really took off. That was yeah. the thing that doing these web series that would show up on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, okay. Well, didn't, before, didn't Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk did one Conman. Wasn't it behind a paywall though? There was a reason I didn't watch it. It it might have been behind a paywall. I can't remember. Um, I, I, you know, I get around that sort of thing. But yeah, it was Con Man. It was an Alan Tudyk series. Not Nathan Fillion showed up in it. He was mm-hmm. more of a like supporting recurring character. But it was definitely a, an Alan Tudyk uh, thing. Uh, pretty short episodes. I think like an entire. It they did two seasons of it, and I think you can watch a season as like a movie because the episodes are that short. Yeah. Um, and if you, uh, slide into my Plex account, then you can, uh, watch it anytime you want. Yeah. It was on Vimeo. That's, that's where you had to watch it. Not, it probably was on a paywall. Okay. And before, um, before we move on, just two more, I want to touch on real quick. I, uh, finished up Titans, which, uh, released the final episodes of their fourth and final season. So it got the series finale of Titans. It was, uh, it was fine. It's okay. Um, not not a whole lot to say about it. You want some uh, some uh, like C tier superheroes and uh, and sidekicks like Nightwing and Beast Boy. 
and they're uh, they're dropping the f bomb a lot and shedding a lot of blood, then that's the show for you. Go ahead and go ahead and watch that. <laughs> um, and the the last thing of note that I want to throw in is I uh, did get all the way through to the series finale of The Flash in their ninth and final season. I don't think I've watched The Flash since probably season six, something like that. It's been a while. I kind of lost the thread. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to stay invested when the, the main characters on the show are so clearly tired of being on the show. <laughs> I mean, Grant Gustin who played the flash, he, he tried, he did his best. And some of the others, they were putting in some effort, but uh, the ones who were trying were uh, hamstrung by weak characterization and weaker writing and what's supposed to be, you know, a main character, which is, uh, the flash's wife, Iris. It was, I, I, I try not to say bad things about particular actors, but it was obvious for like the last three seasons that she just did not want to be there. Yeah. Under contract. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if she could have snuck a little name tag under a costume that said, I'm here. Cause I have to be. Yeah, it it was painfully obvious, but they they tried. They they pulled some interesting things and some interesting guest appearances in the final episode. So it was kind of fun. But overall, if I ever decide to do a rewatch, I'm stopping after season three, maybe four. Yeah, it's it's kind of heartbreaking because when I watched the first the first season was like one of the best superhero shows that I had ever seen at that point. Oh, it was yeah. a solid first season. That was, yeah, yeah, it was great. It's fantastic. Even though he says in the opening credits, I am the fastest man alive, but he constantly meets people that are faster than him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the the main villain of the first three seasons are each in succession. Oh, this guy's faster. I have to get faster. Oh, this yeah. guy's even faster. I got to get even faster. Barry, you can already run faster than time. Yeah. What the hell do you want? <laughs> hey, it oh. had me on for on board for four seasons. And that's, you know, for for a network TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's saying something. I, I had a lot of people echoing my catchphrase for a while, which was damn it, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the flash, uh, movie that's coming out looks to be a really good movie. And I'm so conflicted about it because I really want to see it, but I also don't want to support Ezra Miller at yeah. all. The, but the- the only but they're, reason they're dragging me in with Batman. They're saying, yeah, the, everything it. looks so good except, yeah. But think of it this way. And, you know, I know that we, we've had the, where do we draw the line between the, the artist and the art many times. I don't know that we necessarily need to go down that road again, but the, the bottom line on this is everybody that worked in that film has been paid. Yeah. So whether we see it or not, isn't going to make a, isn't going to make any difference. And I mean, yeah, he, he's done some, some really shitty things, but on the spectrum of people who are still working that shouldn't be, he's fairly low down. I'm un, Unless I'm wrong, please someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, and I'm only pointing this out, Rick, because I think that you would want to be uh, course corrected on this, but I'm pretty sure if we're discussing Ezra Miller, it's they. Oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. I think you're I, right. And I, I did and, not know that until about a week ago. Yeah. I, I knew that and, when and they I, were in the news I a lot. 
Yeah. And, and I want this network to be the network that cares about that sort of thing. And yes, I get I, it wrong I, sometimes too still. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. You're absolutely correct. Thank you. Um, I, and the, other, I the other thing I'll say about Ezra, those kind of corrections. Right. Um, as far as this movie goes, the other thing I'll say about Ezra is I really can't imagine that there's any amount of tickets that they can sell for this movie that is going to make James Gunn keep Ezra Miller in the role as the flash in his DC movie universe. Now I will say, uh, Andy Muschietti who directed the film, Mm -hmm. he dropped a great big spoiler the other day. And I I have no idea why he would have done that. You you mentioned that. And I, I I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say what it is, but I mean, if you, I mean, if you Google Muschietti spoiler, you'll see it, but I'm uh, not doing that. (laughs) It's, It's quite possible. I'll actually make my way out to the theater to see this one. And, Oh, there was something else that I was really feeling that I might have to go see, but I can't can't remember what it was. But an, another movie coming soon that I might have to venture out into the world to go see it on the on the big screen. Rick, what about you? What you've been watching? I actually have an answer for you, which is unusual. Um, I've decided moon you know, show. We know. Well, Sorry. we'll get to the moon show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me know. I'll use that to go get another drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't. I won't give any spoilers. Um, have you? Have you not? Okay. Well, might as well. I have. Okay. I have not started. I have it. I have not started. Moon show, folks. For the uninitiated, is for all mankind, which is a show that uh, John has been telling me I should watch, and Neek has been agreeing a hundred percent that I should watch, and uh, several other people that I know who aren't on the podcast have been saying, "How the hell are you not watching this show?" It's a uh, it it takes place in an alternate history where the Russians actually got to the moon before we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a, that's not a spoiler. That's the inciting instant of the entire series. Um, I, what I will say is, and I, I said this on the, on the, uh, on the, the, the messenger the other day uh, to both Nick and John, I want to thank you all for not describing how the show actually is to me because I would not have watched it because I was expecting kind of a James Bondish space thriller sort of series. And it's absolutely not that, um, you know, there are plenty, there is plenty of space action and, and, uh, but it's more about the people. It's, it's more about what life as an astronaut or, and an astronaut's family and the NASA administration and and stuff is like in a world where the space race didn't end in 1969. Yeah. 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 Uh, And even that is almost incidental to a lot of the plot uh, and to a lot of what's, what's happening to the characters. Uh, There's one particular storyline that was very difficult for me to get through, but they handled it very well. Um. And it's just, it is a, an incredibly well-made show. It's a well-acted show. Uh, it's in, it's intriguing. The, I, I will say that as a former smoker, it's very <laughs> difficult <laughs> because everybody is constantly chain smoking through the whole show. And I can't get through one going, God, I want a cigarette. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching Dragnet. <laughs> yeah. It was um, before before they knew it was bad for you. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I mean, I, it net something that never even occurred to me until I was watching this show was, you know, the, like you go on a moon trip and you're, you're essentially a two pack a day smoker, except for, you know, two days before you launch. And then the whole time you're in the space in the spaceship, you know, and then you get back. I know what kind of an asshole I became if I had to go more than like 12 hours without a cigarette, <laughs> <laughs> how they functioned, uh, was just it's just it's it's a really really good show uh it's on uh apple tv or apple tv plus um which i i had i was hiding behind that five bucks a month to to i don't want to subscribe to another one um but there's enough stuff on on that channel now i also want to start watching the the uh, foundation series i never saw that uh yeah apple tv's got some pretty good stuff there's a there's a Samuel Jackson's got a series on there. The uh, Ptolemy was it? Go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. I'm oh, I, I just the the only the, the only negative thing I would say about the show, and that they, they seem to be kind of getting away from it, is they do keep using the plot line of someone not telling the truth, and then someone else finding out that they didn't tell the truth, and then terrible things happen because people lied when they didn't necessarily need to. Um, and not that people don't do that. It's just, I just kind of think they're going back to that well a little too often, but it's by no means a deal breaker. I'm, I'm halfway through season two. And uh, if we weren't talking right now, I'd be, I, I watched all, I watched seven episodes in one night. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen like the first three episodes. I think so far, I started watching it the other day when you, when you guys were talking about it a lot on the chat that we have. Um, but I also, I'm not like a bit, I don't, I don't, I won't say I'm not a history buff, but there's a lot of stuff about that period that I don't know. So I kind of have a problem with uh, not knowing what they're doing. That's different than the, than the actual history. Cause I know who Werner von Braun was. And because I mean, we've, we've got, I live in Alabama. We've got stuff here named after him, yeah. you know, but then they had the big scene where he was uh, basically uh, uh, chastised for his his history with the Nazis and stuff like that. And I took Alabama history in high school. I don't remember that happening. I mean, I know he worked it with didn't. the Nazi party, it, it, but it, I didn't remember all that happening because from what I understand, he was regarded as like the father of space flight or something like that. Yeah, it, it is. Well, I am a student of that period in history, and I lived through some of it too. Um, so that is interesting, seeing where they've where things that didn't happen, but probably would have the way they're going down now. Yeah, uh, are um, yeah. Von Braun, mo the average American didn't know he was a Nazi until long after he was dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that was on purpose. <clears throat> Operation Paperclip was a real thing where they went in where the allies when they got to germany basically uh the the americans had the foresight to go get those rocket scientists i don't care what they did we need them yeah uh, and we're not letting the russians have them uh and then they they led really cushy lives building the 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 space program yeah um the show I was thinking about is called The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. It's got uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and it's pretty good. Also, as a an Apollo historian, amateur historian, and and hardware wonk, 
most of the most of the tech is uh, they did a real good job with it. They they cut a few corners just for dramatic purposes. You know, some of the speed between yes we're going to launch and now we launch is a little uh expedited <laughs> yeah because i mean I've, I've only seen three episodes i'm like they're, it's not they're time to move on from the moon show <laughs> you're, you're, lots of spoilers being dropped here <laughs> <laughs> okay okay um other show that we watched uh muppets mayhem i haven't seen it yet it is fun as hell uh, I didn't expect to like it, but there was no way we weren't going to watch it. Um, I have the the problem I have with having grown up with the Muppets. I mean, I literally remember the ads for coming soon Sesame Street. So, you know, I am, you know, the, the Muppets have been a part of my life as long as language has. Uh, and. Ever since Jim Henson died, and especially since Frank Oz has retired, and a lot of the the original voice, a, a lot of the original Muppet operators have retired, they get close to the to the you know the the voices are close, the the characterizations are close, but you know it's not it, it kind of dips into the uncanny valley for me, and it sometimes takes away from my enjoyment of it. And I, I you know, and it's not on purpose. I'm not like expecting anyone to sound a well, perfect you know, hermit or anything like that. It the- just the Muppets have been around longer after Jim Henson than they were with Jim Henson. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Henson has been gone for about what? 40 years now. And doesn't matter. <laughs> this is not a rational reaction. I'm just saying the reaction I have to a lot of it. Um, I have enjoyed some Muppet things, but it just, you know, I, I miss the originals and that can, that can affect my enjoyment of something. So I went into this with very low expectations. I was expecting there'd be another one like, all right, well, they got, they got, they did all right. You know, um, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe it's, is it maybe because the, the, you know, Dr. Teeth and the mayhem were all secondary characters on, on the Muppet show. And so we didn't spend a lot of time with them. Um, whoever's voicing animal now is perfect. Uh, whoever's voicing Dr. Teeth now is perfect. And it's, it's just, it's a fun show. You know they don't they don't aim any higher than they're than they they're supposed to be. There's there's lots of cameos. Some of them I have no idea who they are because <laughs> they're musicians. But uh, I I can highly recommend it. It's tons of fun. Uh, and then just yesterday we started watching uh, Chinese Born American, which is Michelle Yeoh's new series. Um, Scott, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Just having fun swinging my jaw back and forth. Um, it's it's hard to describe. We're only like three up, three or four episodes in. Um, it follows a Chinese American kid through high school, and he kind of has become the focal point of a, a a battle between Chinese supernatural god deity sort of characters. But Michelle Yeoh and uh, Kihei. He he, Quan are in it. So it's is, it's is kinda, it not American born Chinese, or am I? Because it's based on a graphic novel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read the graphic novel. Um, what does it play on? I didn't realize it was out. It's on Disney. Is it on Disney Plus? American born Chinese. Yeah, that's the name of it. 
It is on Disney Plus. Yes, yes. Disney Plus. Okay. And so far, it's it's a lot of fun. It's you know, it's kind of like um, Ms. Marvel in that it's got more than a heaping helping of teen angst, uh, but uh, it's got Michelle Yeoh. So I'm you know I'm on board for anything she does, even Section Thirty One. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say you're on board for that. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll complain the whole time, but I'll watch it. Um, I think he's not so much on board as in tow. Yeah. I went to see The Little Mermaid last night and uh, enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It's, uh, I mean, it's what you think it is. I mean, if you've seen The Little Mermaid, you've seen this movie. It's, it's the same story. There's some tweaks here and there. But it's the same plot. Uh, they change some of the lyrics to some of the songs to update them um, to make "Kiss the Girl" not as much about you know to add some consent to it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, things like that. But um, do they Haley, update her age? Um, they never like say her age, so. I don't know. I guess I that's I guess that's better than than the original. <laughs> Why well, did the, did the, the original, original? I don't remember. In, in the original animated film, she was uh, explicitly sixteen years old. Oh yeah. Well, the the actor playing Eric was obviously like thirty years old. So <laughs> so uh, what's the girl's name that played Haley? Haley Haley Bailey Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, she's twenty-three. And I mean, she she looked twenty the little Marie looked like she was in her twenties or something, but I was assuming she was probably like eighteen or nineteen. They never actually come out and say it. Maybe mermaids measure time, maybe measure their years differently than people <laughs> do. I don't know. But um but it was good. I really enjoyed it. And Melissa McCarthy, now nah, okay. I'm a person. I love Melissa McCarthy. I know there's a lot of people that hate Melissa McCarthy for some odd reason. And they think she's terrible. I think she's great in everything I say her in. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that would be worse if she wasn't in it. Uh, so I think that she was perfect for Ursula. She did a great job as Ursula. Um, I would say if you... If you're not, I mean, it's a kid's movie, but I mean, she makes the movie because I mean, Haley Bailey did a great job or Hallie Bailey, however you pronounce her name. She did a great job, but there's a large piece of the movie where she's not speaking. <laughs> you know, she's just kind of there. Um, but and the other the secondary characters kind of make it make it uh, make it great. I mean, Sebastian Flounder and Scuttle, which uh, Scuttle was voiced by. um uh, Aquafina and, and had a song and everything. That was great. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I recommend it. And especially if you've got kids, you got to take them to see this movie. It's, it, it's good. Now I will say it's, it's dark and I don't mean dark as in like plot wise. It has dark tones. On it. I mean, it's dark. It's hard. It was hard to see some of this movie. Of course we saw it at the drive-in and there's knuckleheads at the drive-in that still don't know how to use their, how their headlights work. Turn them off. During the movie, turn off your goddamn headlights. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm just um, very glad. I, I I know this is heresy, but I despise the Little Mermaid. And I not that not that I think anyone in it did a bad job. I just hate the story. And well, yeah, I mean, it's essentially Karen, about a girl that gives up everything that she that 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 is hers to so she can be with a man. But yeah. they did kind of change. They didn't. They didn't change that. That's still the plot of the movie. But they made it seem like it's not as much for a man as it is for that she just wants to be human. It's not that she wants to be human to be with him, which she does, but it's more that she just wants to be human because she wants to be human, you know? So they, they did tweak that a little bit, but it was, but it's still there. I mean, all those problems are still there. I won't, I won't lie about that. I I asked Sharon yesterday if she wanted to see it and she said, Nope. And I was like, good. (laughs) (laughs) Cause we've talked, we've talked about it cause she used to love, that was one of the the little golden books that she always wanted me to read to her for for bedtime for a while. Yeah, um, and I would, you know, I I never said no, but once she was old enough to understand, I explained to her what my problems with the film were, and she understood that. And I, you know, she really couldn't care less about it anymore. Uh, so I don't have to see it. Well. The Little Mermaid was my wife's favorite Disney movie when she was growing up. So there was no way we were not going to be seeing this movie. (laughs) But, uh, and I don't fault anyone for liking it. Let me just make that clear. I'm not making a judgment call on anyone who does like the story, but I just, I I can't stand it. And I also wanted to support it just because of how much flack it's been getting since the trailer came out because they made the little, they made the Little Mermaid a black girl. So that, so now it's, something that we've got to rally against and put on our MAGA hats and everything else. Yeah. You know, so um anyway, beyond that, what else have I been watching? Uh I did watch this uh there's a show on Disney Plus called Renovations that I've seen a few episodes of that I think I, I, I rather enjoyed. It's Jeremy Renner and uh it's basically if you've ever seen like a home renovation show on uh like the uh what what's the name of that channel i don't know the one that's on every doctor's waiting list. yeah the the <laughs> yeah the home renovation channel whatever it's called <laughs> i don't know um it's it's that kind of thing but he's renovating vehicles to serve a community in one way or another like the, there was one episode where uh he took a big like an actual bus i mean it's like a greyhound bus he took it completely renovated it to to make it into a recording studio and it's like a mobile recording studio that he can that that can not that he can do it but he he was giving it to the city so they can take it around to different uh areas where people can just for free they can go in and use it you know there's a lot of uh like in atlanta and uh, detroit and stuff there's a lot of up-and-coming rap artists that don't necessarily have the money to go and make their demo, you know, stuff like that. And they can use this equipment and stuff to, to do it. So, and every episode was using a different vehicle to make it into something that can serve the community in one way or another. And I say, Jeremy Renner is doing it. He's hosting it, but he's not doing most of the work. (laughs) He comes in and introduces things and lays out what they're going to do. And then you don't see him again until the end of the show. (laughs) So was this um, before or after he ran himself over? 
It was well, it was filmed before that, but it didn't come out until after. <laughs> yeah, before he uh, ran himself over. Yeah, he, you, know, you you heard about him being in the hospital over the winter, didn't you? Yeah, but he, it was because he had one. He what, had one what? of those big, uh, tracked one of those big snowplows, but it's like a tank, literal mm-hmm. tank treads. Yeah, and he stopped it and he got out to open a gate or something, and the thing slipped into gear and ran him over. Literally drove over him. All right. That's, the fact, that's why he was in the hospital. The fact that it was his own was a piece of the story that I was unaware of. And I thought that I thought that I had heard, but this might have been like a, a trick of some editing from whatever video I was watching that it, it, he was in the process of trying to get someone out of the way of it. His what nephew happened? was his nephew was there. He he his nephew almost got ran over, and he moved his nephew out of the way, and he's the one that took the that took the brunt of it. Okay, and uh, nearly nearly got killed. Nearly, I killed mean, this yeah. If he had not survived that, I would not have made that joke. But he made a full recovery. So <laughs> yeah, he yeah <laughs> he very very much came close to death. Yeah, um, and then, and then you hear he he tells stories of uh. Paul Rudd kept calling him while he was in the um, while he was in the hospital to cheer him up and stuff like that. And he said Paul Rudd uh, made a fake uh, cameo video and sent it to him as though as though he was the guy that he requested. And he was just like, you know, the way the uh, some people, some celebrities, I'll I'll give credit. Some celebrities that make cameo videos do a very good job, but a lot of them are just like, "Hey, uh, I hear that you like to do this, and you know, one day maybe I'll come and do that with you." But I don't know. <laughs> know? Nice to <laughs> see you, Philip J. Fry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's not not always the the most effort put into some of those cameo videos, but. Uh, uh, the the one time that I commissioned a cameo video was from uh, Jamie Farr from Mash, and he nailed it. <laughs> he did yeah, a great like I job. said, some of them some of them put a lot of effort into it, but some of them it's just something that they're doing real quick while I'm on the way to something else. Because some of them are doing it in their car while they're driving or while somebody's driving them, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I have to go right. put Sharon to bed. I'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. Uh. Other than that, I have just been kind of watching, uh, catching up on some of the stuff that's uh, getting ready to finish for the season. I, you know, Law and Order. I watch that every week. We saw the season finale and Chicago Fire, that kind of stuff. We watch that pretty regular. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that we normally watch are probably not going to be coming back as soon as we would like them to, because of the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got most, of, I mean, they've been announcing a lot of stuff. This is, this is being canceled. This is being canceled. This is being canceled. But some of the stuff that would normally come out, come back in September, October, you're looking at not coming back until maybe January, depending on how long the strike lasts. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they absolutely should be on strike. I mean, right. if you, if you've read the things that they're striking about, Yeah. I mean, because Hollywood, um, as a machine, does not want to, um, they don't want to regard writing as a career. They want to regard it as gigs, you know, so you get, you get this gig and you do it, you know, and then you might not have another gig 
for a while. And they're just wanting, you know, a regular, you know, they want a regular paycheck Mm -hmm. and they want to be able to, uh, they want to be able to get paid for stuff that, um, when stuff is really, really, really successful, they don't want to get paid pennies to work on it. You know, while the, uh, while the producers that are, um, that are putting it out there are getting paid millions and, you know, just giving them pennies on the dollar or whatever. It's, it's kind of ridiculous the way that, that you can have a, a show or a film that's really successful and the actors are getting paid millions and millions of dollars to be in this thing. But then the writers have to be on uh, some kind of assistance to be able to pay their rent and, mm-hmm. and buy their groceries and stuff like that. You know, if you didn't have them writing, then, I mean, what do you have? They're in a strike. All you have is reality TV. Because <laughs> that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to be watching for the next few months, at least. Mm-hmm. Reality shows, except for the stuff that was already finished. But um, you guys have anything you want to say about that? I just, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Pay the writers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. But and, and, I did, and as a warning to the listeners, any news stories that you hear that are like trying to play up the fact that oh, production on this thing has been has been halted due to the writer's strike, there are going to be there already are and there will be more uh, news stories put out that are framing it as what an inconvenience this is for you, the viewer, that you don't yeah. get to see your shows, and the the subtext is. Don't support the writer's strike. Tell them to get back to work so your shows can come back. They're yeah. trying to turn audience uh, desire for new content and audience impatience against the WGA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember it from the. This is the second writer's strike that I remember. Now, I know that there's been others <laughs> that I was too young to realize what was going on and stuff like that. But the right there was a writer's strike back in like 2008 or nine, something like that, that um, a lot of the shows that I watched were affected by it because uh, Heroes was a show that I loved back then. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. after the writer's strike, it came back and it wasn't the same, you know, and uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles was kind of kind of ended because of the writer's strike. And we're we're seeing some of the same stuff now but they're but they're doing exactly what you said there there's a lot of people i see online saying well there there goes another show because this stupid rider strike it's like man did you have you paid a penny to watch that show other than your cable bill and that doesn't count uh these people should be able to know that they're going to be able to pay their bills all year long they shouldn't have to uh, oh, I'm gonna get. I'm, I've got money coming for the next month, but I don't know what's gonna happen after that because that's the way Hollywood works, or whatever. And uh, you know, it's just it's just ridiculous the way it works. And I, so yeah, yeah, support the writers and and, and quit bitching. Something that was pointed <laughs> out to me when my first uh, celebrity interview when I talked to Susie Plaxon, you know, twelve years ago. Um. We all have a tendency to assume, at least most of us, uh, I guess I, I, I did. I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but, you know, I assumed if you were in a big movie, then you were set. 
Um, and she pointed out to me, and the writers are in a very similar situation, if not worse. You know, if you you're there's a very slim percentage of actors who work enough that they're that they're rolling in dough, or they're making millions per show for per movie or whatever. But most of the people, you know, if you if you make twenty grand on a film, you know that's that's a that's a good paycheck. But if you only do one film a year, twenty yeah. grand a year is is not a living you know a livable wage, and that's the problem. You know, Hollywood is the ultimate you know gig uh, gig economy. Yeah. Um, well, the other the other problem for actors in particular is that they have to give so much of their money away to like people like agents and managers and yeah. PR mm-hmm. and this and that and the other. I don't know if writers also have agents and things like that. Yeah, that they, have they do. To pay, yeah. But but indeed, I mean, they should be paid for their work. I don't know that it'll be an issue much longer because AI is going to be taking over every freaking job that exists. Well, that's part of the yeah. uh, that's part of the the strike too is the 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 fact that Hollywood wants to be able to use AI for script writing, but AI is not there yet. But there, but it's very quickly going to be. The only problem yeah. is that right now, if you, if you use AI, um, if I were to go on Chat GPT right now. And I were to tell it to write me an article about, you know, any given topic, give me a topic and write 500 words about this. If I take that same article that the AI spits out and run it through plagiarism software, it'll get a whole lot of dings because it's just not it, it's not really writing anything. It's taking pieces from all kinds of places. So if you were to write a script using AI right now, you wouldn't be able to copyright it because there's there too much are, question. There are softwares that already exist that are specifically for screenwriting mm-hmm. that are very good. And so we are already at a point where like you could replace 95% of what's being produced by writers with artificial intelligence. And so we're on the cusp. And so we are currently in a time period where we are experiencing an AI revolution it's too early to tell what that's going to mean ultimately, but the entire landscape, basically any job that is that requires creativity or like brain power as opposed to brawn mm-hmm. is going to be in the next five years will be completely revolutionized. So, I mean, I'm not saying these they shouldn't strike. They absolutely should because mm-hmm. yeah, they need to protect their livelihood because all of these jobs are under threat. Yeah. Anything yeah. in the entertainment industry is. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I, I was talking the last time John was in town, I had lunch with him and we were kind of talking about the, the AI as far as art. Cause there's a lot of AI art coming out, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, people that make art for advertisements and stuff like that, they're already losing jobs because it's so easy for uh, somebody to go into a, a program and just put in a prompt and they've got artwork that they can use in their, in their uh, advertisements and things. And uh, there's AI. Uh, you can do AI voiceovers. They're already making audio books with AI voiceovers. And I could, I could have Morgan Freeman host this podcast right now if I wanted to, because I could take an AI voiceover and I could change my voice to be Morgan Freeman. And, uh, and he would probably sound more Southern than I do. And, uh, and with and 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 deep fakes, Tom Hanks did an interview this week where he was talking about the fact that 
he could be dead and gone and they'll still be coming out with Tom Hanks movies because with deep fake technology, you know, you can change the voice and the face of any actor and and make a Tom Hanks movie. You could make Forrest Gump too next next year if you wanted to. <laughs> uh so and there's there's a lot of holes in some of the contracts about using I mean you 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 can't just straight up come out with a movie that has Tom Hanks in it and he's not in it. But there's some loopholes in the voices and stuff like that, you know. If I wanted to make an animated show and do an a- and have an AI version of somebody's voice that played that character in a live action thing, I could probably get away with it, you know, because you already have voice actors that imitate voices enough that if you did it with AI, um, you could get away with it. But then, you, I mean, your voice actors have already been losing jobs for decades to A-list well, actors. I almost feel like that's that's the wrong way to look at it. To say like, oh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna fake pre-existing actors it's like why why even bother doing that they're just going to come up with new characters and voices that don't exist yet and that'll be the new thing like i don't know (laughs) i don't know hollywood loves going back to the well (laughs) yeah indeed i'm just saying like i i just feel like we're all anticipating certain things happening and i would say think bigger it's going to be even more different. It's going to be like, a, it's going to be things you've never even thought of. It's, it's yeah. when I say it, like the world, <laughs> not the <laughs> entertainment industry, but like the way everything happens yeah. is going to be different in ways that I can't, I can't make predictions because I don't know. I can't see the future. I just know that there are things happening that, that are mind blowing that I never would have predicted. Like I I'm already seeing things that are absolutely shocking to me and I, and I can see the implications and like, yeah, in five years, it's going to be a totally different landscape. Yeah. Well, not, uh, you know, not to go back to the moon show, but one of the things they're doing in the show is having, uh, you know, like presidents and stuff make speeches that never happened. Um, using footage and then doctoring the footage to make it look like this this public or political person made this speech that ties them with the events of the show that they never said. And if you're not aware that that speech never happened for one reason or another, you probably wouldn't even notice it. Well, they've been doing that since, um, I mean, they did that in Forrest Gump and they did that in Watchmen. You know, they've been doing that for a long time. But now it's it's starting to that line is getting blurred. You're not. It's a lot easier to, uh, or it's a lot harder to tell the difference uh, now than it used to be. They could make a. Uh, I saw a. There was a video, and it actually came out about five years ago. There was a video that came out, uh, and it was Barack Obama talking about AI. And at the end of it, you realize the whole time you've actually been watching a deep fake of Obama and voiced by Jordan Peele. And they kind of pan over and they show Jordan Peele sitting there doing the voice. And uh, and you don't even you, you thought it was Obama the whole time. You know, it's like um, it, it's starting to get a lot harder to to tell the difference. So. But support the writers, support the writers, because uh, it's very important that they get 
they get what they're asking for. They get what they deserve because it's going to be a lot harder for them to do their jobs if they don't get the things that they're asking for now. And I think you're going to have a lot harder time getting people that want to do the job with uh, the way the things are in place right now. Because I mean, who who can who can survive not knowing what they're what money they're going to be making two months from now? You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. The, the the unemployed guy just kind of yeah. waved his hands around. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three came out uh, a few weeks ago, uh, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. So, has everybody here seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What did we I think of it? Point. Nick, what, what, it's so long ago now that, that I saw yeah. it that I'm like, what happened again? Remind me. It's not quite as fresh, but it's still there. We'll get it. Are, are we are we spoiling? Uh, yeah, I think it's been long enough that we. Uh, I, I'll say here, it, if you have not seen it, uh, you probably want to see it before you listen to us talk about it. So, uh, Nick, overall, what'd you think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I. I guess like the Marvel franchise in general, it's enjoyable, but I don't care about it the way I do Star Trek. So like my, my emotional investment only runs so deep. Therefore any problems with it, anything to nitpick this, that, or the other is not going to bother me or at least not bother me as much as it would in, in a franchise I'm, I'm more invested in. Um, that having been said, I thought it was really well done because it did affect me emotionally. I, I, I thought the storyline with, uh, what's his name? Rocket raccoon was really good, but the whole thing was good. I thought everyone, another thing I thought was really good is that they were really, the actors really went for it. And, uh, you know, it's like you were saying, Scott, but what was it? Well, Oh, the flash, you were saying that the actors are not feeling it and, so I will yeah, compare some of them Guardians are a bit of the Galaxy yeah. 3 yeah, to, um, to Quantum Mania because I felt like Quantum Mania, I mean, yes, it was a bad script. There are a lot of problems with that movie. But one of the issues with it is that all of the actors were phoning it in. None of them wanted to be there. And so it was just painful to watch from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Whereas Guardians of the Galaxy, they were all bringing their A game, no matter how ridiculous that franchise gets. And I compare those two franchises, the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Ant-Man stuff, because they're both comedic um, stories within a universe where not everything is comedic. You know, like the Captain America stuff is actually quite dramatic. It takes itself seriously, Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, the Iron Man stuff. Whereas Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, they have a much lighter tone. But I thought uh, all of the Guardian movies, I thought they really toe that line really well between comedy and drama. And this third one in particular did really well in terms of being absolutely enjoyable, amusing, but still heart-wrenching. Yeah. I'd say a lot of that is credit to James Gunn. He's proven not just with Guardians of the Galaxy, but over a lot of projects. Um uh, I would say Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad included, uh, by taking a premise and a universe and a collection of characters that 
ought not be taken all that seriously. And he makes it into like a, a real piece of cinema. He takes what should by all rights be just, just a, a popcorn plot. And he yeah. makes it a, a, a real thing. Yeah. It's um, like somehow believable. Yeah. I, the suicide squad is, is just, just preposterous from, from the jump. That's just a silly, silly notion. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's over-exaggerated. It's extreme. You got more violence than one might expect from a comic book property. And then he waits until like the final moments of the film and says, Oh, by the way, this huge monstrous, like, like bigger than all the buildings size alien that they're fighting starfish. Yeah. You're going to feel sorry for that guy. You're not going <laughs> to see it coming. But out of nowhere, you're going to feel for the villain. And it's a giant starfish. Yeah. <laughs> and he pulls it off. And he's able to pull it off in this movie as well. I, I agree with Nick 100%. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I, um, I've had a few conversations about the, this movie. I will. I don't think I like it as much. I think the first Guardians movie, I st- out of those three movies... I still like the first one the best because it was the one that when I first heard, I didn't even know who guardians of the galaxy were until they announced that first movie that they were making that I looked it up. I said, talking raccoon, talking tree. Uh, this is going to be stupid. And then that was my favorite Marvel movie that had come out up to that point. I love that movie. And uh, the second one was, was good too. I mean, it wasn't as good. And this one, this one, I think, was uh, not better than the first one, but as probably as good. I really, I really enjoyed it, and uh, it was a lot more. I think James Gunn still had some things he needed to get out of his system after Suicide Squad because it was a lot more violent than I was expecting it to be. But um, other than that, I mean, I think it was a good ending for that trilogy and send off for James Gunn because now he's going over to DC and he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of stuff over there that I'm he's, looking forward he, to. He, he's running the show over there and yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the the DC uh movie slate for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. Rick, what about you? I need to clarify something before I talk about this movie. Uh some something I've been Dealing with uh, for a lot of my lifetime, uh, some of my oldest friends and I were talking about this. I can like a bad movie. I can dislike a good movie. I can recognize when a movie is good and still not like it. For example, The Godfather. I hated every frame of that film that I sat through it. I didn't like it. I will never say it was a bad film. But people tend to conflate, I didn't like it with, it's a, I'm saying it's a bad movie. That is not my intention in this case at all. I did not like this movie. It is a well-done film. Um, I'll say from the get-go that I am not the biggest Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Uh, but I enjoyed the first movie. I think I saw it a couple of times. Um, the second movie was okay. I've never felt the need to go back and watch it again. Uh, I, for the most part, enjoy when the gar- various guardians do their, you know, show up in other uh, MCU properties. 
Uh, I, in my opinion, they're a lot like Thor in that I think they work better as a supporting character than as the main thrust of the film, but that's my opinion. Um, but what I've come to expect from the guardians is fun. Not the absolute nad punch we got in this film. And again, I'm not saying it was done poorly, but I was not expecting, you know, two hours of animal abuse and planetary genocide and everybody arguing and screaming and bickering at each other. Uh, I also, I also, I just, I really don't like star Lord. And so him being in the film and, and, you know, and again, I've, I've said this, well, he wasn't the main character. Nobody's still there. And I, I've never understood. I don't mean, uh, I say, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, obviously, yeah. I do. <laughs> obviously I do. I've never understood why people hate star Lord so much. Cause I, you're not the first person I've heard talk about that. He's as compelling as this bottle of Coke. I don't understand, you know, maybe <laughs> in the comics, he's, he's a more interesting character. I find him boring as hell on screen. Well, he's, I mean, he's kind of supposed to be just a normal guy that's in but extraordinary situations. Okay. And, I, and <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll grant you that. But we've also had this discussion before about, about my personal tastes. Like the reason I didn't watch Smallville is I don't care about Clark Kent. I care about Superman. I didn't watch Gotham because I don't care about Bruce Wayne. I care about Batman. I don't want to see normal people when I go to movies. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to see a superhero movie, I want superheroes. I want aliens. I want escapism, not some normal schlub from down the street with mommy issues or daddy issues um, or just normal daddy issues. Because <laughs> everybody, you know, and, and, and this, this was such an angry film. Um, I love Mantis and I love drax and i love their their interactions i thought the the did y'all see the the the, how, the christmas special whatever they called it yeah mm-hmm. that was great I, I had so much fun with that and i you know the the nod they gave to it at the end with the newspaper that was great um but this one everybody was just constantly screaming at each other and when they all finally at the end decided to go their separate ways i felt absolutely no regrets whatsoever and I thought maybe maybe they'll finally all just like find some peace or something. Um, and Star Lord will return. Yeah, and <laughs> and you know, Peter just banging his head against the wall. That's Gamora, and and and, and just it it just frustrated me. I I I did not enjoy it. Um, and I'm glad that's the last one for them. Have as, you as never? A, have you never lost anyone? <laughs> have you never? <laughs> yeah, but even sorry, I learned I, when to quit. <laughs> it would. I. It sounds like, and if I'm wrong, Rick, let me know. It sounds like uh, some of the aspects of this film that you didn't uh, really enjoy were results of this being the first Guardians movie to take place. And I'm not counting the holiday special. That was that was a bit of fun that they put out direct to Disney Plus. So it it sort of counts, but not really. This is the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie that we have seen since the events of Infinity War and Endgame, where 
these characters, Peter especially, uh, you know, in, endured some some loss in those films, and James Gunn decided, okay, I'm, we're not going to ignore that. We're going to make that a thing, and we're going to have these characters and the team, this quote family, having to heal and build themselves back up after the events of uh, Endgame, which. I mean, I commend him for not looking for a way to sweep all that under the rug, but it means by necessity, he's he's making the characters work through the trauma of the last story they were in. But which, they didn't. There was no mention of it, except for the fact that the Gamora we've got is a, is not the Gamora that went through any of that. Right, and and Peter's... I, Peter becoming an alcoholic because of the loss of Gamora and spending the entire movie hoping against hope that this new Gamora might begin to feel for him the way the old one did. So he can, in a way, get his old Gamora back Yeah. until at the end of the film, he realizes it, it can't happen and he's going to have to come to grips with that. It That's the the one bit from the... Avengers movies that James Gunn focused on the most is the loss of Gamora and being replaced by a different one. But that was Peter's arc through the entire movie. Yeah. And, and he's the one character I care the least about. Right. (laughs) Now uh, he's, he's, he's the team leader. So they're going to lean on that. And again, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, you know, when, uh, when the lead is the character you dislike the most, it's kind of hard to enjoy the movie. Mm. Um, now I was very glad to finally see Karen Gillan get more than like five lines in a movie after she had to go through all that makeup for every, every, uh, every movie. I thought she was a standout in this one. I thought yeah. she did a magnificent job. And I, I adore, uh, Pom. Can I remember her last name? Mantis. It, um, it Clementif, I think. So, yeah. 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 Um, She's going to be in the new Mission Impossible. You know, everything in this film was well done. Without all the makeup. <laughs> um, I, I just, it, it was kind of like, you know, watching a, a, you know, going to it and expecting a Bugs Bunny film and being hit with Apocalypse Now. I just... <laughs> It, it it was it was jarring for me, and it's not what I expected or want from a Guardians of the Galaxy film. Hmm. Well, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and you're always entitled to be wrong, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I, especially with what you just said, Rick, I I definitely understand where you come from there. When you, especially if you've watched the previous two and you're primed for something like that, and the third movie takes a a different dramatic angle. But that's it, what's so good about it. And to some people, that's what's so good. But to other people, I'm pointing at Rick on my screen. It doesn't work as well because sometimes you want your expectations. Sometimes Now, for me, I, I do my best with every Marvel movie. I just go, okay, what are you going to show me this time? Because it might not be the same as last time. And with a lot of them now, I, I've noticed that they're finding ways to even outside of Ant-Man and, and Guardians, they're looking for ways to slide some more of that comedy in where they can find it. 
Yeah. Yeah. A little too much. It's discussion of the recent Marvel movies uh, online that I've seen have introduced me to the term bathos. I don't know what it's uh, uh, a combination of, but rather than pathos, apparently bathos is when you have a, a, a heartfelt, touching, solemn, dramatic moment, which is immediately undercut with a silly joke before it can have its full impact because we can't have the audience feeling down about something. We have to make them laugh. So they're, they're putting that in. Yeah, they're, in, they're overdoing that. Yeah. Yeah. More all, MC movies than they, than movies. they used to. Yeah. Now we did, we, we said, uh, Scott, you said a few minutes ago that the, um, the Christmas special doesn't really matter, but they did reference in this several times that, Peter and Mantis are siblings. Yeah, that's that's and that for, for me. That's that. the only thing. That's the only thing that came from if the holiday special. Is if you hadn't seen the holiday special, you wouldn't have known what in the world are they talking about. But yeah, they're siblings. Um, and I maybe I'm the I don't know if I'm the only one that's seen this because I haven't I haven't been on a lot of um, group chats and stuff about this movie. But uh, Mantis and and Drax are like in love with each other, right? No. If if you watch this movie with it in mind that they're in love with each other, it takes a completely different that their relationship, the the scenes between them are a lot there's a lot more to them. I, I think, I think they're, they're more in like love. I think they're more like brother and sister. I think it can be seen both ways. I have been looking at it rather like Sean does, where it's 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 supposed to be, it wants to be a romantic connection, but with the way that both of those characters process emotions and interact with other people, this is what you get. Drax shows his love by like constantly negging Mantis without meaning to. That's just the way he is. But it's, I, I think, and I got the sense that that's how Drax shows his affection for her is by acting that way. And it, it is a very odd style of interaction between the two of them but i was reading you know a a caring romantic uh undertone to those interactions because when Man- when mantis said that drax was an idiot it broke him now if my sister told me that i was an idiot i would not care <laughs> that's my sister no, no there's there's definitely <laughs> yeah. a deep bond between them yeah. but i i think it's a completely platonic one and actually i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that scene because as much as I was bitching about how serious the movie was, that scene should have, like, you know, when when Drax finally gets the point that he's being made fun of or he's been insulted because they've been doing that for three movies, two and a half movies, and it just sails right over his head. And it finally sinks in. And then she just goes, forget. Totally took any meaning out of that whole, that whole thing. It's like, it I, was like, it was like I bringing agree. back a character, you know, who had, who had died before the end of the film. Well, yeah, but she, she can't stand to be, because in my opinion, she's in love with him and she can't stand to be the one that hurt him. So she had to take that away from him. And I, <laughs> I would have much rather seen them have a discussion instead of just, and actually work it out instead of the screaming at each other that they were doing for the whole film. Mm. You've never thought- seen me and my wife try to put furniture together. together. <laughs> 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 because just, there I, is some screaming, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it just 
at that point, it felt like, oh, this is this is going to be a turning point. Something's going to happen between these two. And then they just took it away and went on to the next to the next beat of the film. Even all the way down to the way it was filmed and presented with it was it was almost a throwaway moment. Forget. And it's done. It 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 sucked the air out of that moment way too effectively. It definitely left me feeling flat. I would have I would have preferred, you know, take a few extra minutes, have them, you know, talk about what just happened and come to an understanding. Or at least if you're gonna have her reach out and just make him forget everything that was just said, make that important. Make that mean something. But it it was it really became just a this didn't mean anything moment. Let's move on to the next scene. I, that particular moment, it didn't, didn't land right with me. Um, Maybe I'll read the comics. Hmm. Okay. No, not not, not really. those. Not really. I, I, well, yeah, I know that that's why I'm at. I'm just the, the whole organic guts world. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Be, because James Gunn. Okay. Yeah. Is it a reference to the comics? I don't know. I mean, yeah, nowhere and nowhere they're in a giant. It's a giant head. skull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a giant celestial head. Yeah. Um. Now I did at, at the end of the movie. Spoilers at the end of the movie. Groot says, "I love you guys. I love you guys." And it's Vin Diesel, you know. They, which, by the way, Vin Diesel finally got to use his voice without having it pitched up. <laughs> Like it has been since the end of the first movie, his voice is always oh, yeah. pitched up because Groot is like little Groot, you know? So uh, he says, I love you guys. Now you can look at that two ways. Did Groot suddenly learn how to speak English? Or are we just able to understand him now? Because they did the whole scene. They did the whole scene where he walks in and he says, I am Groot. And then Gamora through the whole movie, she can't understand what he's saying. And there's like a running joke. You guys are just making up what he's saying, right? <laughs> and then uh, and then he comes in and says, I am Groot. And she says, okay, well, tell him I'll be right there. Because she suddenly understands him. And then at the end of the movie, he says, I love you guys. As in now, after three movies, well, five movies, if you count Infinity War and Endgame. We can yeah, understand. Gamora was able to understand him then because she had come to the point where she had affection for him. Basically, she loved him, and that's why she could understand what he was saying. Yeah. And so at yeah. the end of the movie, he says, I love you guys, is because we as the audience now also love him and the rest of these characters. Which will be awkward if they use Groot in another movie. <laughs> because now we're supposed to be able to understand him. <laughs> and maybe they will. Maybe yeah. from now on we'll be able to understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of cameos in this movie, um, mm-hmm. because uh, well, I'm watching the I'm watching the opening credits and I see Linda Cardellini's name come up on the screen, and I'm like, is Hawkeye in this movie? Because Linda <laughs> Cardellini plays his wife, mm-hmm. you know, and of course and, and they, she wasn't; they, she was the voice of one of the animals. And they're always they're usually very careful not to double cast. They've yeah. done it. I, th- there's one instance where I can think of that they've cast someone. Alfred Woodard, yes, got double cast, and uh, and, and that's somebody if, else. There's somebody else again. That's cast. if you're counting the Netflix series as truly connected with the MCU, which I think they're kind of trying to backpedal a little bit on those. But she was in Luke. Cage. Well, after they put the, after they put Daredevil and She-Hulk, I think it's pretty. It's pretty set in stone that they're all intertwined. But there weren't a but, whole lot of solid references to his Netflix series. It was just, uh, it, was, it was just, it was just him. 
they're playing the role again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go ahead, finish your, your thought. I interrupted you. Um, I think that was it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was I was heading towards Alfred Woodard, and that was it. Yeah, and uh, Nathan Fillion was in this, um, which always good to see Nathan Fillion. I I mean, I'm, I watch The Rookie fairly regularly, and he's really good on that. Um, I know uh, he's he's good friends with James Gunn, so it's not a, a big surprise to see him show up here. Um, so he would have been in all three Guardians movies, but they they cut his scene from the second one, so so oh, he really? wasn't there. But he he was a voice in the first one. They okay. cut him from the second one, and here was in third because it's James Gunn. <laughs> uh, Sylvester Stallone showed up in mm-hmm. this as well, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, that side, a side story. This is not related to Guardians uh, entirely, but um, John Anderson is someone that I know from doing conventions and stuff. And he played a Ravager in Guardians 2. He played, uh, he played, he, he's got, he's played like background characters in several Marvel movies. He was in Spider Man Homecoming. He was in, black panther and he's been on the show before and um he uh he lives here in the birmingham area so i'm driving home from somewhere last week and my daughter-in-law calls me and says oh my god i just met someone from guardians of the galaxy i was like really i got that she's gonna tell me like chris pratt she's a she's a, a manager at a cracker barrel so i thought what did chris pratt come to eat at cracker barrel or something like, no john anderson oh i know him <laughs> and she sent me a picture that she took with him and stuff so i texted him and i was like uh hope my daughter-in-law didn't fangirl too much and i don't know no uh my wife went out to the car because she hates it when people ask for my autograph and stuff <laughs> <laughs> So he gave her a he gave her a picture of him dressed up as one of the Ravagers and stuff. No. But that, when you said Rosenbaum, that's what made me think of that because he's a he's one of the Ravagers in this, right? Uh, yeah, he's the one whose yeah. face is like made out of crystals, apparently. Which I think he was in <clears throat> in Guardians too. I think he was in Guardians too as well. Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. Y- yes, uh, it was it was him. the The special effects were done differently from one movie to the other, so he doesn't look yeah. exactly the same, but he is the same character. Yeah. I will admit when uh, um, the the Ravager that raised Peter, I can't remember his name. Michael Rooker. Uh, um, um, I Yandu, play, Yandu. Played by Michael Yandu. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The 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 cameo, his cameo that that got me right in the feels. I'll, yeah, that was, that was a good uh, one. Yeah, I kind of wondered if he actually came to do that, or if they just grabbed a, a piece of footage from another movie and stuck him. <laughs> I, I guarantee you. Uh, again. It's just like Nathan Fillion. This is a James Gunn movie. Michael Rooker is going to come and get into makeup to do one non-speaking cameo shot. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to, he's going to get paid for it either way, <laughs> whether he's there or not. See, so and he uses image and uses voice, you know, they're going to, he's got it. I'm sure he's got that in his contract. Right, he, he came to do James Gunn's, uh, uh, guardians movies. He was in the suicide squad when James Gunn did it. He was in slither. Well, James Gunn said he didn't want to make another Guardians movie if 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 uh, he wasn't in it. So he found a way to put him in there. Yeah. So he'll put him in everything. He was in the Belko yeah. experiment for crying out loud. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's in all of James Gunn stuff. 
That's all I have to say. Can we talk about Adam Warlock? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about him. (laughs) And it's telling that no one thought of Adam Warlock until this far into the conversation about the movie, because what the hell was that about? Well, because when they introduced him. him, Just though he doesn't, I mean, all I thought of was the pitch meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. When they introduced him at uh, at the where, where did we first see him? What what was what movie was it that we saw him in? It was the second one where where was they the stole all one? the batteries from the gold people, and it, it was the post credit scene. And he where showed up the at the end. Was like, yeah, you're gonna be my great. That's he's right. In a box, and then yeah, the, his it, it, Adam Warlock's cocoon was in a box in the collector's place. So, and they made it seem like he was going to be the big bad of this movie, and he he wasn't. And it was almost like, it was almost like, well, we put him in that scene. So he has to be in this movie. So we need to do something with him. And okay, I'll, so they, I'll come so up with something. And this is yeah. what they came up with. Now you see, so if Gamora that. had rescued Peter Quill from the vacuum, that would have been a nice, that would have worked. Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, it would have worked better. It would have brought it around better because of the, you know, that's when she came around to him was when he saved her out of the, in the first movie. Does anybody remember Peter putting his mask on at all in this movie? No, I don't think he did at all. And I think that's the signature Mm -hmm. star Lord look is that mask. And it it, it was in the first two movies. If he had that mask, when he was out in the vacuum of space, he'd have been fine. Well, and he's never had to put it on. He's always just kind of taps the back of his head. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows up. Yeah, that was yeah. I I, I, I guess, completely I guess forgot he about could, that scene where, where where Peter was hanging out in space and almost yeah. died. <laughs> I, I guess he he couldn't uh, keep up the the monthly subscription payments for his magic mask. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, as far as Adam Warlock goes, I was I was sorely disappointed that that's the direction they decided to take his character. He had virtually no impact on the plot. You could have taken him out and replaced him very easily with the characters that were already there. Um, I, I think, I think the pitch meeting had it right when it said, well, we were teasing this guy and we mentioned it before and we saw his cocoon. So he, he's got to be in there. Okay. Well, we've already completely dispensed with the story of the, uh, infinity gems. So, uh, he can't be connected with that, which is like the big thing about Adam Warlock in the, in the comics was he was heavily involved in the Infinity War storyline. But well, then, we'll do something. And yeah. now he's just he's just a gold guy who's kind of an idiot. And kind of. And they <laughs> they have him save Peter at the end of the movie to give him a little bit of redemption so they can put him in the new Guardians 2.0 at the yeah. very end of the movie. With what I thought for sure was gonna be the last needle drop of the film. It turns out it wasn't because holy shit, the needle drops in this movie. Did it, did anyone else feel that there were more needle drops than necessary? Explain needle drop, please. Uh, n- needle drop in, in film is when uh, the soundtrack cuts to a recognizable, often contemporary or, you know, oh, was the soundtrack trying too goddamn hard in this film? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just when, when songs from Peter's Zune start playing as the soundtrack of the film, which 
it's definitely a James Gunn signature because he yeah I mean they, they've music been doing that and he the puts music yeah. in a lot. It just to me it felt like a whole lot in this movie, endless different songs dropping in and playing behind like another slow motion shot of six people walking towards the camera very very slowly. Yeah. Well, you that, have an, that another. Is, that is a shot I'm really sick of seeing. Another once, action. Once scene. a movie is fine. <laughs> <laughs> another action scene with the Beastie Boys playing behind it. I mean, how many times have we seen that in the last uh, ten years or so? Yeah, and I, it was it was sabotage, wasn't it? Is it? Did, no, it wasn't sabotage. No, no sleep. Was, uh, no sleep yeah. to Brooklyn. Uh, no sleep to Brooklyn. Yeah. You see how which which I, I'm familiar which with I think the Beastie was Boys used, catalog. <laughs> I think was used like recently in a in another action movie but uh, uh super mario brothers yeah that's it that's it uh, i noticed that i i watched that like last week and i noticed it there as well as i can't escape this goddamn song <laughs> yeah beastie boys is is more mainstream now than they ever were mm-hmm. <laughs> uh also before we and we have to mention that this movie had the first F bomb of any That's right. Marvel movie. Sure did. Any Marvel movie other than like Deadpool. I mean, yeah. MCU movie. Yeah. Any, any main Avengers continuity MCU film. This yeah. is their first F bomb. Yeah. I don't think they even, I don't think they did that on any of the Netflix series as well. They said shit a lot, but I don't think anyone yeah. ever dropped an F bomb on the Netflix shows. Um, when I heard it, I was like, I, I stopped. I mean, we were watching it at the drive in. I looked at my wife and I said, Did he just, did he just say the F word? <laughs> like, yes, yes, he did. <laughs> Which, I mean, I mean, I'm not a prude. It's okay. You know, it, it is PG 13. You're allowed to say it once as long as you're not using it as a verb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but it was a little surprising. Uh, also, I forgot to mention some of the, um, the other uh, cameos, Judy Greer was in this as the voice of War Pig, and uh, mm. D. Bradley Baker was the voice of Blurp. <laughs> I will say I really appreciate the t- the name of the character War Pig. Yeah, as as a Black Sabbath fan, I I tip my non existent hat. <laughs> well, when I saw those two characters standing, there, I was like, "Is that Bebop and Rocksteady?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete Davidson was here too as Flectic. Um. Which he was, he's also, I mean, James Gunn likes Pete Davidson because he had him in the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. The yep. Suicide Squad, yeah. Died in the first 15 minutes, but he was well, still there. Just that that was like, that was 70% of the cast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two thirds of the advertised cast kill, were killed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. And and also, let's, j- just for, for clarity, if we reference a Suicide Squad movie, it's the James Gunn one because really, who's going to talk about the first one? Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. us. <laughs> now, I did like the Suicide Squad. That was a fun movie, mm-hmm. but I was expecting it to be gruesome and <laughs> with a very unexpected spinoff because I did not expect Peacemaker to be the one to get a, a series, show. a series of his own yeah. from from that movie. And but it was did. a good show. It was good. It was. It was yeah. a very good show, and it. I learned things about John Cena that I had not known before that I thought were impressive, like. The, the scene where Peacemaker is is playing the piano and playing it very, very well, it's actually him. Yeah. And he can speak Chinese. <laughs> How about that shit? All right. I think uh I think that does it. I think we've 
I think we've flogged them enough. Um, I think so. <laughs> Except for w- w- one last, I'll give one last shout out to uh, Bradley Cooper. Cause I think he did a, a fantastic job in his voiceover role for, for rocket who really barely existed in the movie, except for the flashbacks. Cause he wasn't, he, he was unconscious throughout the, like the entirety of the a plot for the movie. But in the yeah. flashbacks, he, he did a great job. I, I would not have expected a digital character, an animal just bellowing in, in, in shock and, and, and horror and sadness to be so affecting. But yeah. just in, in whatever recording booth he was in, to be able to put that much emotion into just a, a wordless sound. Yeah. I will, I will give, I'll give Bradley Cooper three rounds of applause for that. He, he nailed that better than I would have expected anyone in a voiceover to do. I will remind everybody don't, and th- th- this movie should prove it. Don't trust anything that Marvel puts out ahead of the movie because there were all kinds of rumors, and I know Marvel was the ones that were starting the rumors. There are all kinds of rumors that this person was going to die, that person was going to die. A lot of people died in this movie, but none of them were the main cast of Guardians. So there were all kinds of rumors that Dra- Drax is going to die because you know he doesn't want to make any more Guardians, or you know, uh, uh, what's his name that plays Dave, Drax, Dave, Dave Batista. Yeah, Batista. He, he doesn't want to make any more Guardians movies. Uh, Star Lord is going to die. No, Star Lord's not going to die because it said at the end of it, you know, Star Lord will return. The and the 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 uh, the shot from the trailer where they show they show him walking out and they've got Star Lord's body in their hands was from the beginning of the movie. And he wasn't dead; he was just drunk. Yeah. They, they tried really, really hard to sow the not everyone is going to make it to the end of the movie vibes. And I, I will admit, I was surprised. I wasn't necessarily expecting this person or that person. I wasn't placing bets. But when we got to the end of the movie and all the main characters were still kicking, I was a little surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I expected I them expect to something there. I expected him to kill at least one main character. I was actually kind of surprised they didn't, but I, it wasn't because of any rumors. I was just kind of thinking, you know, the the way the movie was going, it seemed like it was leading up to we're going to kill somebody. Yeah, th- this is this is the end of your trilogy, and you know it's the last movie that James Gunn is going to be making for the MCU, and you want there to be stakes, so you're expecting them to go that far to show it, and and they didn't quite. And well, I kept teasing it because you know mm-hmm. uh, Drax got injured. We thought he was going to die. He didn't, and Peter got blown out in the space. And he was okay. <laughs> now I know Sean. You said that we had flogged this thing enough, but I just want to see if anyone. I don't really have much to say about it, but does anyone want to say anything about the villain who we literally have not mentioned throughout this entire review? Uninteresting. I mean, uh-huh. he was serviceable. He was okay. It was a villain. It was, it was somebody in that he had to have a bad guy, and there was, and they had one. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> yeah, Dave. that that pretty much covers it. I just want to make yeah. sure that I wasn't I wasn't crazy. It's was like, was this a great villain? And I just didn't notice. No, you can't come up on my lap right now. Now, see, my son, my son knows a lot about uh, the Marvel comics and stuff like that, and uh, he was 
excited that the high evolutionary was going to be in this movie, but I don't think this is exactly what he was looking for, <laughs> but okay. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We will return soon. Uh, we're, we're kind of, we've kind of decided that we're going to change up our format where we were doing, we were going to do uh, like the entire slider series. And, and I think we've, settled on the fact that that's going to take several years to do at the at the rate that we're going so i think we're going to do uh three more episodes of sliders where we're going we're going to do an episode where we talk about season two and three we're going to do an episode where we talk about the um the crow mags and then we'll talk about the end of the season the end of the series and stuff like that and then we will move on to another uh classic series after that probably highlander we'll probably go and do some highlights of highlander highlander watched, highlights highlanderites now that I you might get me on eight <laughs> i watched eight episodes of sliders today <laughs> were they in season two and three <laughs> one of them was yes we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get to them <laughs> so we'll do that the the next episode uh because you know the way my work schedule is going Cosmic Potato gets put on the back burner when we start doing Star Trek, and Star Trek is coming back in like two, three weeks. Um, and we I'm may ready. need to, we may have to do an episode of that soon because there was a trailer that dropped that we haven't even talked about. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll we'll get around to that. But until then, um, this has been Cosmic Potato, and that has been Rick. Where can we find you, Rick? You can find me on that Star Trek podcast and pretty much nowhere else right now. <laughs> that has been Neek. Where can we find your stuff, Neek? You can find me at superanimic.com. Okay. And that has been Scott. Where yeah. can we find you, Scott? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm going to make you say it. Um, you can find me coming soon, uh, on the returning that Star Trek podcast, uh, we'll likely do an episode in anticipation of strange new world season two. And then we will, we will begin reviews of strange new worlds when that begins streaming. Uh, you can find me here whenever we do an episode on rare occasions on cosmic potato, and you can visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com and check out some of my graphic artwork, which uh, I am available to do on commission and I'm unemployed. <laughs> hint, hint. And you can find everything else that you need to find over on our website at infinitepotato.com. You can also join us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Infinite Potato or Cosmic Potato and you will find us. Um, and that's it. Until next time, we will be around. Bye-bye. <laughs> Adios. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. 
Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.